Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is Almost Intelligent Gamers Podcast. All things news, tech, and nerdum, all around the topic of video games. I'm Travis. This is new. What's up, everybody? And this is Kyle. What's up, what's up? Yeah, hope you enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of Almost Intelligent Gamers Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Travis. And I'm new. What's going on? So, uh, yeah. What's everybody been up to? Um, I've been gaming a lot because of the past few days has been uh, a few amazing couple of games that have dropped. And then, you know, um, a lot of uh, good things have happened since this past week. So we've been uh, we've been doing a lot since last week. Well, I know I have been. I don't know about you guys, but I've been doing a lot of nerd stuff this past week. Well, I have been doing a lot of gaming. Uh, birthday just passed, and um, yeah, a bunch of games came out. More like two, but I like to focus on one at a time, so I didn't really get to play the other as much. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? Uh, same thing. I've been gaming a whole lot. Uh, you know, been racked with sleep deprivation this past weekend. I think I got like ten hours of sleep over the course of like four days, gaming that hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, November, man. Oh yeah. Broke, broke, I broke November. I actually again. feel that. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel that because I did the same thing and I almost fell asleep with the switch in my hand at work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <I'll sleep. laughs> That's right. That's to take it from me. Because I'm not offering to sleep anything. My my boss <laughs> have already said, hey, you're going to have to put the switch away when when you're at work. Just wait till your breaks or lunch. And I'm like, oh, uh, geez. but I'm like still doing my job. But if I have to catch a Pokemon while I'm doing it, it only takes one hand. So I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And the controls are so versatile that you can do it with left or right hand. Best part is is that oh, there's I've... even a setting for it for you to only have to play with one hand. So it's like Oh, the, the casual there? control scheme yeah, is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've kind of adopted this little move. Uh I basically take the controllers off my switch. And set the switch up like behind my actual screen so you can't see it if you're walking by. And I put my hands in my sweater pockets and I'm playing the game while I look like (laughs) that's what I started to do. I've done the same thing. You you walk by me, I look like I'm just very focused on the screen. (laughs) I propped mine up. I propped mine up. I propped mine up on a on like a book. Or like a notebook, I prop my switch up on a notebook so it matches the height of the screen. And it's just like <laughs> when I'm looking at the screen, it looks like I'm looking directly at it, but really I'm just sitting at an angle looking at the switch so it props up nicely. <laughs> hey, it's, it's what you got to do to become a Pokemon master out here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you become Pokemon master and employee of the month at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. So devoted to his job. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't peel his eyes away from look, the screen for a minute. Look how focused he is on that screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he deserves a raise. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah, my my call Man. performance has gone down by fifteen uh, percent this week compared to the previous week. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, even when I pick up calls, I'm still playing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm like, okay, so what's your what's your ID? What's your what's your ID number? Oh, okay. All right, wait. Can you repeat that again? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was I was doing the thing with the hands in my pockets, and I was leaning back in my chair. Right, I haven't been sleeping at all. Basically, I've been getting like three hours of sleep a night. So, middle of the day, I'm like falling asleep while I'm playing Pokemon, and I was I was so sleepy that I was playing. I ran into a Pokemon, didn't even realize it, and ca- and caught it. As I fell asleep, when I woke back up a few <laughs> seconds later, I'm like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? <laughs> I didn't even realize I pressed the, the, the Pokemon ball, Pokeball button. That's called and sleep I catching. I caught a Pokemon without even attacking him at all. Yeah, you're out here sleep catching, I was low man. I low-key offended. That's how you yeah. do it. Yeah. Right, right <laughs> on. Yeah. Well, um, so there's been a lot of news that's been going on this week. So I'll just intervene on on you right now, Kyle, because I wanted to bring up my one of my childhood Dreamcast favorite heroes. Even well, that's where I first discovered him, Sonic. As you know, how scary he was in the first rendition of the trailer that was released last year. He looked oh, yeah. like yeah. a furry. Scary. He looked like something off of Fab Five or off of the Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay, he looked so <laughs> scary, and it was really weird. And I thought I was just hopping on the train, but no, I literally looked at him versus what he looks like now in the release trailer. What a year of redesign and character change can do from fan uproar. Like, if this is what complaining can do, um, it's crazy what developers are willing to do when it comes to changing. What one year can really This is do. what complaining can do. I need to complain more often. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because, you know what? Video game developers don't really do that. But when a movie... When a movie is about to flop because they hate everything about the trailer, they got one year to fix it. They was like, you got 360 days to fix this. And if you don't fix it, this movie's going to flop. So do it now. They dropped that trailer last week and everything changed. I almost can't wait to see it. Almost. But see, like, that's just it. Why do you think that all video game movies don't ever show, like, anything that's too, like, damning about just how much they've changed everything about the story. True. Ghost in the Shell, you saw you saw, you saw Scarlett Johansson in a bodysuit, and then you saw Scarlett Johansson getting shot at, and then that was it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> huh? That's true. But yeah, Ghost You actually in the see Shell, the movie, wow. and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but Ghost in the Shell, though, <laughs> did have a good Japanese... Follow cult following from all the other movies and the animes that was already coming out before Star Joe decided to take it. So I don't know. But no, Ghost in the Shell is different. It's like anime movies and video game movies. They always get absolutely demolished whenever they're touched by a by a Hollywood director. That's true. If they're touched by a Hollywood director, for some reason he has it in his mind that he can take this gem of a story and be like, 
I can improve on it. You don't need to, especially with Ghost of the Shell. This shit won awards. Just <laughs> recreate it. You'll win awards. No, I and, can do it better. Yeah, I couldn't believe the way they did my boy Sonic. I was, like, so freaked out. He looked like a straight-up. He didn't look like – he didn't even look like a hedgehog. Like, he didn't even look like he was an actual hedgehog. He just looked like he was on drugs. He looked cracked he looked up. like a blue you know, raccoon. You like remember that old school movie um, where the kid, like, went to, like, under his bed or something, and he ended up in, like, a whole different monster world? Yeah, monsters. Is I like, forgot. It's like monsters under my bed. I know it, that sounded really crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it looked like something from that movie. It was horrendous. But let's all take a moment to realize what a time it is to be alive where the internet can bully Hollywood producers into changing an entire movie. Yeah. They didn't bully them. That's just no, amazing. they didn't bully them. They just kept it honest. They're like, if you leave Sonic looking like that, we're going to boycott your movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. And you know what? The same thing happened to EA. Fucking people were like, if you keep those microtransactions in Battlefront 2, we're not fucking buying your game. And EA saw what happened with, um, with For Honor. For Honor, for a two-week mm -hmm. period, literally had a global um, player base of 750 players because people boycotted <laughs> their game. Jeez, Overnight. Damn. Overnight. They were like, I no, we're boycotting that. your game. And literally everybody except for like 750 people worldwide hopped off of For Honor, and Ubisoft was like, oh, okay. Yeah, change it. Change it all now. Just just reduce all oh, the numbers. Real. Cut them all down. They are real. <laughs> <laughs> this game was doing really good. They're about to kill it. Just, just do, give yeah. them what they want. Wasn't that the reason why battle passes after that battle passes became a normal thing and most ga are started to become a normal thing in most games? Because I know that after For Honor released, like when that, I remember hearing news about that, and then I guess like when Fortnite dropped, everybody was like, "Ah, oh, we're not gonna go. We're gonna go battle passes. That's the best way to go," because everybody started to take on like the PC role because PC's been doing battle passes for a while, right? I don't know, honestly. Yeah. Like, like, and I've I've seen them throughout games, right? But I think it's more just along the lines of games saw what happened, or game companies, these big publishers saw what happened when um you go too far with the microtransactions and the player base gets sick of it and they're like, no, fuck you, we'll play something else. And then they actually show you that they will play something else and they'll just bomb your game to spite you. Yep. Yep. Um, then, then they were like, okay, well, we have to get our money somehow. Battle passes. Yeah. You're like literally 90% of your player base. That's a guaranteed set of money from every single one of those motherfuckers a month. They and, might as well be making car payments. And a guaranteed amount of play time. Because it doesn't yeah. matter if people are giving you – people can give you money, but if no one plays your game, it's going to die no matter what. So, I mean, yeah. people can buy your game up front, pay for everything up front, but if no one plays it, it doesn't matter. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's what happens every year with Call of Duty. So, I think that the Battle Pass definitely worked. But this should, lo and behold, still tell us that with enough community uproar, we can make ugly things like the original Sonic, one year later, change to who it is today. <laughs> he looks well, amazing yeah. now. Since we are on the subject of communities and changing shit, I would like to bring up that I wish this same thing could happen to 2K. 
because uh, I don't know if everybody out here has played 2K. Me and Trav have played 2K for a while, and yep. we know that the game has progressively got worse and worse. And it seems like the the developers just are at a complete disconnect with the community on the 2K game, like, all together. So what they like to do in 2K, what I've currently picked up on and probably won't be buying next year's 2K until I see a lot of reviews, but what they like to do is 2K's biggest part of 2K is what they call the park, which is where everybody goes online and plays each other in 2v2, 3v3 games. And what 2K's been doing these last years is they've been taking the same exact map, the same park, and just putting it into the next game. But before they do that, they promise you a bunch of stuff that they're going to do to change the park. They say they're going to bring you new parks, new this and new that. And then when the game comes out, it's the same thing from last year. And it's it's so much the same that if you were to play, t if you were to pick up 2K19 right now, you would not be able to tell that you're playing 2K19 compared to 2K20. Really? And um, I've, I've yeah, I've, I've been, never seen I've went back developers. Like a few weeks. It's old. Yeah, man, it's 2K20 is probably the worst 2K that has came out since I've consistently started playing 2K. And it's uh, it's it's really a shame. And then um, I had they have before. like people. Yeah, they have people like uh Ronnie 2K who's like the face of 2K. And this fool is on twi on Twitter, on Instagram and stuff, driving all these fancy cars with the money we've all spent on this dumbass game. <laughs> and I've never seen someone as rude as this dude. Like, I guarantee you, if this guy was seen out in public, somebody would slap him. Because he's just like, it, it's crazy the disrespect that he does to his players to this game. There was this... um. There was this one guy who got into it with him on Twitter, and the dude literally wrote the 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 face of 2K, rolled back to the guy, and told him to shut up before I block you and make you irrelevant again. What game developer <laughs> do you know that do that in public? Uh, nobody. I mean, if they're incredible. just talking to one person, I mean, it it's really just whoever's the head of social media. Right, it's like well, yeah. no, sure he's Ronnie the face is, of, of Ronnie 2K. runs Ronnie runs that his own account, so it's definitely him. Oh yeah. No, no, I get that. I get that. So like, you know, he is the face of two K and basically he's just given himself a face for being the head of social media for two K. Yeah. Right. But yeah. at the same time, right, it's it's not like that entire game development team is saying that because literally that entire game development team doesn't see the social media unless they go and seek it out or unless Ronnie brings it to their attention, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of a lot of game developers use social media as ways to relay um, like complaints from the fans to the game developers to get fixes going and create patches, right? At least that's what that's what the original idea was. Where it sounds like with Ronnie, he's just he's taking advantage of it because he understands people are. It's it's just like Call of Duty. It's just like Call of Duty. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how bad the game is. Look at Infinite Warfare. It does not matter how bad the game is. People are going to buy it every single year. Every yep. year, people are going to buy it. Every year, people are going to play it. It doesn't matter how bad it is. They're going to play it. They're going to hop on it every day, and they're going to talk about how bad the game is every day. They don't care. Yeah, they just want. They just want to talk about how bad the game is, right? 
mm-hmm. he understands that. So he's like, yeah, they're going to keep hopping on the game. They're going to keep telling us how bad the game is, and they're going to keep giving me money. So, like, really, he feels like he's on top of the world because, like, really, what can anyone say to him? You know, that he can't just that be all like, true. you know, fuck off and die. I don't care. You know? It's oh. like the entire community would have to do to 2K what they did to For Honor. Right? The entire community would be, yep. have to be like, yeah, we're boycotting the game. Except for the entire community isn't connected enough with each other to even, like, uh, to even unify like that. Given how competitive 2K is just in general, the the community is so divided just because, so I own better than you, own better than this, you know, so on and so forth. You know, it's always that, like, that whole ladder system just with normal conversation. And it's always like, oh, I could totally smack you in the park. You know, mm-hmm. or something like that. It's never, it's never anything else. So, oh, yeah. because the community is so divided, they're never going to unify and be like, "Let's boycott this game," so they actually fix it. That's another thing that Ronnie yeah. probably understands. He's like, "As long as I just basically act just like the community does, then subliminally they will act exactly like they do. They'll be, they'll just be completely hostile toward each other and just treat it like the entire game is a competitive environment, even when they're not playing it." Yeah, people pretty. And because much of that, they'll never point. team up with each other. That's pretty much how That's it works too on 2K Twitter. Everyone either hates on each other. Very rarely do you see other 2K players like you'll see other 2K players like like big like big you know icons in the in the competitive side or just the streaming side. You'll see them you know give a heads up or to others, but you never see them together. Like there's this other guy like Nate XC or you know um, like you'll just see like other players, you'll never really see them together. You'll never, like, uh, yeah. Rico, you'll never see them together at all. And you're probably, you're actually not probably, you are right. The community is so divided, much like Call of Duty. Everybody always talks so much shit about it, but the community is just never going to get together and boycott it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, like that's what people. sucks. Yeah, it is. Damn. Well, it's like that's um, that's kind of how Ubisoft screwed themselves when it came to For Honor because they created a game that requires so much teamwork that your community kind of has to stick together, right? Yeah, Especially when it was first coming up because it was a small following, so the community was fairly tight knit. It was almost like everyone on the game knew each other, and then they all agreed that what Ubisoft was doing was fucked up. So then they were all like, "Yeah, let's boycott the game for two weeks," and it happened. And I, I wish <laughs> I could see that happen, bro. I wish. <laughs> Just gotta go on Reddit. And like it it's crazy because um like back in uh two K seventeen when we were all playing we we literally all were just bragging on two K seventeen. But now people are going back to that game and being like, damn, this was the best two K we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Just because we didn't realize how bad it was gonna get. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's just like you said, they just keep making money. Yeah. It's like it's like a Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, right? Everyone hated that game. Absolutely hated that game, but guaranteed if you went back to it like I loved um, it. Yeah, no, exact no, that's what I'm saying. It's like there were those people that loved it and then there were people that absolutely hated it, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. But if you went from Black Ops 4 and you went right back to AW, 100% you would love AW again. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you know, even if you hated it, it's the same thing. Like you, because you never know how bad something's gonna get because that's the worst in your mind right there. And then you've had six months because you stopped playing the game for six months. You've had six months to forget about how bad it was in your mind. So then you experience something else that's worse, and you're like, "This is just as fucking bad." 
Well, mm-hmm. I mean, since we're talking like about what the games could do or what they could be for the future, I think I can give it up for what Call of Duty has done this year because they have changed up they have changed up their aspect of of how they go about when it comes to microtransactions. They are doing their best to change about to the community. (laughs) So, I mean, they're honestly trying to gain back their community. And, of course, there's still going to be the the people that are going to hate on any game, right? But there's a lot of people that can say that, that will at least be able to say this. This is a solid game. It just has some things to work on. And over the past four updates that has happened with Call of Duty, it's been fixing those things that need to be worked on. So yeah. I think that if even a franchise, a yearly title drop like Call of Duty, I believe that other titles like to NBA 2K can do the same. So Yeah. Well, because like that's the difference between 2K and um, Call of Duty in the sense where just the just the publisher, right? Call it with with Activision with literally any Activision title. It's the developers versus Activision. They are never working together with each other. The developers want to make a great game, and Activision is like, put this in there, put this in there, put that in there, take that out, put this in there, put that in there, take that out, take that out, take that out, make that happen like this, and they literally have like a checklist for their games and what they expect to see and then if the developers don't meet that then they then they just replace the development team. Mhm. Mm. Yeah. I mean that's all business right there. I mean it does happen I mean it happens every year. I mean it's just that's what happens why that's the reason why you know most gamer like most game developing companies hate having to deal with these publishers. I mean it's just like, you know, you don't want to have to deal with it, but unfortunately you do, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yep. I mean, I don't know. It sucks, man. I, I hope 2K does get it together. But after I heard that they started giving away free copies so they can have a bigger player base, they started giving away free copies of their game. They're just like, here, have a code to this game. Here, have a code to this game. <laughs> because they're trying to get their player base to raise. But even free games are not going to help, which... That's just their that's just their insulting way to say, Hey, please play our game. It's not gonna work. So we'll see what happens, but um gonna have to do a lot of updates and a lot of listening to the community. But you also have to understand too is that most communities are just toxic. Like high volume communities are just toxic. After getting into League of Legends after following like the Hundred Thieves team Everybody complains about League of Legends the whole time. It's just so fucking toxic. So I was going to say yes and no about big player bases. Competitive player bases. Even small okay, competitive yeah. player bases competitive are toxic. Player base. Right? Yeah. Because, like, you know, there there are big followings for, like, you know, RPG titles. Witcher 3 has a huge following. Yeah. You know? You're right. And stuff like that. But it's like when, game, when you're not competing with other people, then. You know, you can always just talk about like, oh, I did this one really cool thing, and then someone else is gonna pop off with, oh, I did this other really cool thing instead of like, oh, that shit's trash. I did this. You ain't yeah. shit. Fucking see me in the court. Yeah, you that's know? true. Like, <laughs> like players aren't. I, like, I'm not gonna sit there and talk shit to 
talk shit to you guys about us playing Pokemon, like, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I can, I'm like maybe if we battle, but I'm not gonna sit there and be able to be like, oh well, I have this. Uh, my Charizard is this, and my Gyarados yeah, is this. Cooler than your Charizard, yeah. Nah, because you, know? you just know what you get with an RPG. Like we're all on the yeah. same roadmap with an RPG. We just get there at different times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean you're right about that. Yeah. So um, you got you looked into you guys looked into XO19 at all? I have. Okay. Yeah. Let us know what's yeah, give, give us bit. some. Yeah, give us some news on on the titles of that. Like, I want to know what's going on with XO19. How did that go? So, um, now when it comes to all of the titles, I don't have them all memorized because yeah. um, when it lot. came to when it came to new titles um, that were just being brought to Xbox One or ported over, like you know, brought forward via um, backward compatibility or remasterings, you have Age of Empires Four, which I think is a port. Um, and I'm spacing on the other title. I know, I know that uh, there are actually a lot of games coming to the Game Pass. Um, Rage Two was one of them. I'm very glad I didn't buy that game. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh my god! I can tell you right one now. thing. I am excited for a couple things actually. Halo Reach is going to be coming to the Master Chief Collection on December third. So I'm happy yes. about that. Oh, that's right. Okay. Because the Master Chief Collection, like they, like when the game first came out, they took a lot of games out of the Master Chief Collection. Like Halo Two was literally like blocked for like six months after the game yeah, came exactly. out because they were trying to do a lot of bug fixes and stuff. Uh huh. So you got Halo. So Halo Reach is coming on December third, which is good. So and then obviously, you know, Microsoft's Flight, Flight Simulator. They shared a new trailer. Those are the two things that I'm happiest about from XO19, besides, like, all the new developers that they're – all the new games that are developing. So, yeah. Yeah. So I just pulled up the article again. I can get facts now. So um, there aren't any games being ported over, but there are games – there are uh, 50 new games coming to the Game Pass, and um, the ones that are being showcased are Rage 2 – Age of Empires 2 Definitive Editions. The Age of Empires 4 was incorrect. Uh, Darksiders 3, The Witcher 3, uh, all Final Fantasy games 7 through 15 are all going to be available on the Xbox Game Pass. Um, And then there are actually new games coming out um, that are being published under Microsoft. Um, Rare, the developers, uh, well, the most recent thing they developed was Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. They're more known for um, for Banjo Kazooie and uh, and the Conquer and uh, yeah and Conquer, um, but they're coming out with a game called El- uh, Everwild, which there's not many details. There's just there's a little sneak peek. What I've gathered from it is um, like fantasy wilderness, almost like um, like tribal kind of point in time. Mm-hmm. So looks fairly interesting um looking forward to see what they're going to do with that and um yeah so there's there's quite a things that are coming that are coming through then for 
because I mean I know that they said that they have like twenty, they have like over twenty games that are coming right now that are from different twenty one titles for coming from all of their their developers. So I mean, I'm glad that they're actually ready to move forward on this, on finally yeah. actually getting here. But I'm actually there's still a little bit of disappointment coming from it because with in the lieu of their new generation coming out next year, why are you finally deciding to take the time of let's get small developers now when you should have been focusing on getting exclusives from AAA titles? Like, you know, these are AA games, no lie. Like, these titles and these games mm-hmm. that are coming out, great. I see that they're, you know, taken in. Like, the only thing that I see AAA would be, like, Minecraft or whatever, but that's like Minecraft Dungeons and things like that. Like, you know, just other games coming from other AAA titles. But I don't see that with a new system on the rise, why Xbox is now deciding to take the chance of getting a whole new group of developers instead of AAA that is coming, you know. Well, there's, there's nothing to keep in mind about XO19, though. XO19 is just Xbox's E3, and if you know the origins of E3, it was originally just tech reveals to for the business side of gaming, right? Originally, people weren't even invited. Yeah. Like, yeah, civilians, no, yeah, like, they weren't even invited. You had to be a part of the business, and it was literally just companies trying to pitch things to investors to get more money for their projects and so on and so forth. That's what E3 was. XO19 is the same way, except for fairly, like, reversed because Xbox is kind of trying to reach out to these smaller developers because that's one thing where Xbox has thrived is just publishing their games through what they call ID at Xbox. Warframe, for example, is an ID at Xbox game. Now Xbox gets a percentage of whatever is made through Warf- uh, made on Warframe through Xbox. Yeah. Right? Any platinum is purchased for Warframe or anything like that through Xbox Xbox gets a cut of that. Every single one of those ID at Xbox games where basically Xbox is like, yeah, no, please put your game on our console free. We won't, we won't even charge you. Like, don't even worry about it. You know, it's just on the back end, they get a little bit of kickback. They get a small percentage, right? So what they're doing is they're showing off these AA titles and these ID at Xbox games to entice smaller development companies to come forward and get published by Microsoft. Yeah, well, I mean... That's I'll- what they're doing with that. Because I don't, I don't really think that, like, right now they're trying to, like, release, like, they're not really trying to start driving the hype train for the Project Scarlet yet, because all they've done is a tech reveal. Oh, yeah, I mean... I think when it gets right. closer to release, then they'll be like, check out this exclusive, check out this exclusive, check out this exclusive, check out this exclusive. But then again, it's like one but, of those things where, like, XO, XO, like, their XO events or whatever, they literally have always advertised as... A big fan event, right? That's why anyone's allowed to come up and blah blah, play all the games, do whatever you want to do. But my problem is, is like I love the all the individ- individual developers that are playing the game, but I'm not happy with how they're just not like they're gonna lose again. I hope they don't. I hope Microsoft does not lose again, but I feel like they're gonna lose this next generation because I know this. If they haven't came up with ready to drop any any exclusives that are coming in this year i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're saving up any big exclusives for next year and that's actually going to be pretty scary when it comes to console wars next year 
Well, okay, when it comes to exclusives, right? When it comes to exclusives, though, when they get announced, they they are they 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 come out of nowhere. The games are complete ghosts until they get announced as exclusives. Think of Rise when Xbox One first came out. That game was a ghost until Xbox One was finally being driven hard, and they were like, "Check out Rise," right? Uh, the latest Uncharted game. It was the same thing for the PlayStation Four. That game was a complete ghost. You know, it's like if you follow it, if you followed Uncharted like really hard, then yeah, you'd know that they were working on another game, right? But it's the same thing where if you knew the development teams for that we were making these exclusives, I'm sure that they themselves are talking about it in the best way that what they that in the best way that they can. But I'm sure a lot of these development teams are under very strict NDAs so that Microsoft can tell them exactly when to start hyping it and exactly when to start talking about it so that they don't blow their load early, right? It's it's like what Microsoft has done with their tech reveal of Project Scarlet, right? It's the same thing they did with Project Scorpio. You know, they were like, this is what it's capable of. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's true. That's it. You don't get to know anything else. You just get to know what it's capable of. Some yeah. people are like, "Ooh, I wonder what kind of games we'll get to play on it." Ooh, you know, because then they start, then they start thinking like, "Oh my God, can you can you imagine how big the games are going to be on that console? Can you imagine just how just extensive the titles are going to be now?" Could you imagine you know? that games but, but they're that they not could bring back to us? That'd be amazing. Exactly, but but no one's thinking like you know, no one's thinking like, "Oh, you know," or like or like if a game's like, "Oh yeah, no, it's going to come out on Project Scarlet, right?" What happens then? you let people know exactly what the baseline for Project Scarlet is. So that hype train will immediately have a lid. It'll have a ceiling. So we'll be like, oh, that's as good as it gets, huh? That's your exclusive? <laughs> because because people's, people's imaginations are far, far better than the result every time. That's literally a proven fact is that the, your peak moment of, like, happiness is the anticipation. Yeah, it actually drops yeah, yeah. as soon as you get whatever it is you're you're anticipating because the anticipation is always better, which is why you know, which is why when a development team can successfully drive a hype train, you know, it yeah. works out amazingly for them. Yeah, well, unless their I game mean, sucks. We'll we'll see what happens because I I don't I don't like I said I I hope better for for Microsoft and Xbox team to be able to go ahead and get it together this coming. Is coming next year, but I think that um, I think that the, them having a lot of different new develop, a lot of new developers, and a lot of new games that are on the rise are good. I guess we'll just have to see what's gonna happen when when it all comes out, because all this stuff is for next year, and then some of these games I guess are supposed to be on the X Cloud, right? So, uh, no, um. No, xCloud, they're porting over existing games. They're they're yeah. putting existing games on xCloud. Okay. But um, actually, there is there was one AAA game that's getting announced. It was Tell Me Why, which is made by Don't Nod Entertainment. Oh, yeah. The creators of Life is Strange. Yep. Uh, no, yeah. yeah that's, that's the one AAA title that they've announced. And that's simply because, like, Don't Nod and Life is Strange speak for themselves, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's when you get a good movie producer. That like just uh, not not a producer director. You're like that director speaks for themselves, right? You could just put the title of a movie and the director. You're gonna be like that movie's gonna be great if the director's great. You don't have to know what the movie's about. You're like that movie's gonna be awesome. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's the same deal with this. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be pretty good because don't not did a, has done really well. So I know that when when we when they get into the 
I would say if you're gonna get if you're gonna go go into the go into the X Cloud, just you know, I would say just wait till you see what else is coming instead of jumping all in. Because I guess like the way they're trying to set it up, I mean, they're talking about how you're supposed to get an Xbox and it's supposed to be an Xbox and a cloud. But then again, you're not even uh, you're not even gonna get everything off the rip when depending on where you're gonna be able to play it because I think they're more focused on you being able to play it on the phone like they're saying that you can be able to have it on mobile and then then maybe you'll have PC so I think it just reminds me of Xbox Game Pass but I guess we'll just see what happens when when it releases. Well, and, you know, for anyone that doesn't know what xCloud is, because we haven't really gotten into it, xCloud is literally you just stream whatever game from your Xbox to your, your phone. Device, your device. Yeah, to your phone, your PC, right? And they literally have an attachment for your phone where you, put, where you uh, attach it to your Xbox controller, and you can play the game, and your phone just becomes the screen. And you just play the game and streaming to your phone from your console. So, like... Uh, Gears 5 is coming to xCloud. That's that's the most prominent one that comes to my mind right now. I'm not looking at a list of games, so I can't tell you all of the games that are coming, but there, uh, I think they said there are like 50 games coming to xCloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are 50 games coming to xCloud. So uh, Madden NFL 20, Devil May Cry 5, Tekken 7 are some of the uh, featured titles coming to xCloud. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to get into that when uh, when we get more information and have a drop and stuff. So, uh, did you, have you guys been watching any of the uh, Disney Plus that just came out and released? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, what are you guys? I've thinking? um. Ah. Uh... I noticed that Disney Plus and Netflix are having like this big showdown right now. I don't think Disney has the catalog to go against Netflix. Like if I had to choose one, Disney wouldn't be it. But um, Disney does have some good shit on it. And, uh, you know, you can bring back you know those old school memories like Darkwing Duck and DuckTales and stuff like that, which I had no idea Disney had rights to. But um, they're on there. Oh, <laughs> it's it's nostalgic for the oh, most yeah. part, and uh, I think once that nostalgia dies down, they're gonna have a hard time fighting Netflix like they are now. Well, because, uh, I mean, know, they're gonna have to come out with a lot of exclusive shit. I mean, but the thing I mean, is, they is have that they're selling you. They're selling you on a, on the exclusive. They're selling you yeah. on all of the the nostalgia and the exclusives. I mean. You tell me that I can watch my eight seasons of of X Men. Uh, I can finally watch Clone Wars. Well, I mean, apparently it was on Netflix, but I just maybe I never watched it. But I'm almost six seasons done since its release. Like I'm almost I'm almost done with season five. So for me, it's yeah. like they're able to sell you on nostalgia. And honestly, if if I could tell you that I can go watch all my Disney ex- Channel exclusive movies. I mean, I probably have at least at least a year's worth of library in there from what I've looked at. <laughs> I got in my watch list is already full. Yeah, but 
you know, Disney Plus is kind of jumping into the game late. And if you really sit back and look at, like, the, um, the originals that they have, Mandalorian is obviously top tier. But mm -hmm. after that, I can't think of any more of the originals that they have currently that are even worth watching. Well, For you. I can tell you what sold me on on Disney Plus almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Nat Geo. As soon as I saw that Nat Geo was like owned by Disney and that they had a whole bunch of stuff on Disney Plus, like literally the first thing I watched on Disney Plus Atlantis was a documentary Rising. about Arctic wolves. For me, the first thing I watched was Atlantic Rising under Nat Geo. Literally. Yeah. I watched Atlantis yeah, first Rising thing I watched. and then I, I did watch the Arctic Wolves one. Yeah, that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I watched yeah. the... Um, Which, yeah, that was pretty good. If you guys had to choose between Netflix and Disney Plus, which one would you Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Okay. And I'm not even saying so I'm you not guys... even saying that because of I'm not even saying that because of just the hype right now, but I'm saying the long term end. I've like I've I've been on Netflix and I have watched I've watched a lot of their exclusives. I have watched a lot of their stuff, but there's a time where I go four months without watching Netflix. But there's a time where I can go back to Hulu every week. There's never a time where I can say, all right, Hulu, I'm done with. But once now, the question yourself, why okay. why is it that you stop watching Netflix that long? Because after I've already binge watched Netflix, there's nothing new that really comes okay. out because of how long it all takes right. for them to come out with new seasons. Or how long it All right, is, and so, I can't go back. There's no nostalgic feel for me to go back and have to watch anything old on Netflix again, you know? Yeah. So think about think about the fact that Netflix has been around for God knows how long, and yeah. how you've binge-watched all Seven this years. shit, right? Seven years. I've had, okay. I've, I've had or watched oh. Netflix for about seven years now. So with the current lineup in Disney, uh huh, I know you're not gonna be watching cartoons for seven years or nothing like that. But you know, there's there's nostalgic shit on there. But after you go back and go through that nostalgia, okay, um, what do you see them releasing that's <clears throat> gonna keep you hooked to Disney? So because Netflix comes out with original movies and shows right. and stuff, hundred percent. Like it seems like every other week. All right, and a lot of them are really, really good. So, but I don't see Disney coming out with that same kind of, you know, oomph to their let me, their lineup. Let me just give you. Let me give. Let me just give you the reason why this has just now started. Okay, let me let me tell you why. Disney, they own ABC. Disney mm -hmm. owns ESPN. Disney owns Marvel. Disney owns Star Wars, Lucasfilms, anything anything that Lucasfilms is a part of. Disney owns A&E. Disney owns the History Channel. Disney owns Lifetime. I mean, they Oh yeah, no. Disney owns all of Pixar. Disney owns Vice Media. I could keep going. I mean, this this is just this is okay, just the first article. So if I have not, if if they, if I have not, what I have only seen from a small, because remember, it just released, 
so there's no need for them to release everything that they own. I've only got to see mm-hmm. well I've only what I've only watched basically is Clone Wars. So if from one week right now, from the twelfth of it, the night it released up until right now, I've only watched the Clone Wars and two Disney Channel movies when I was a kid uh, that I watched when I was a kid, like Johnny Tsunami and Brink, right? So out of mm-hmm. and then I've watched the you know other other like Star Wars stuff. So I haven't even gotten into X Men. I haven't even gotten into the three seasons of Darkwing Duck. So, I mean, I can I could go on all day about all of the companies and the exclusives, and you know, Disney's pockets is deep. They could buy up any <laughs> oh, title yeah. they want. They could buy up any title they want and slap a Disney logo on top of it. It doesn't even have to have a Disney castle on the front because that's how most of the movies are are owned by Disney. What happens is is any movie that was on Lifetime, they could put a Disney logo on it, and it'll be like Disney Battered Wife, <laughs> and then they'll slap it. On, they'll <laughs> slap it under there under <laughs> Lifetime. Yeah, no, I'm just saying Lifetime movies are usually about battered wives or like cheating husbands or something. Like you know the yeah, like, that's just usually what's gonna happen. And like if they start doing that, I mean, think about how much of content they really have. When if you look it up. How much of Disney entertainment, how much entertainment does Disney own? I think we talked about it previously. They own 60% of the entertainment world. So if Disney owns mm. 60% of the entertainment world, that's a lot more content than we could think of. We just can't think of it right now because yeah. there half the movies on there, I'm like, wait a minute. Since when was that a Disney movie? You know? I didn't, mm-hmm. Like you said, you didn't even know Darkwing yeah. Duck was a Disney movie. I didn't know either, but Me I either. forgot. They <laughs> own they own Fox. So they have... Yeah, that's a good point. So anything that came on the Fox channel, which is also ABC and all that stuff, they have those stakes in there. And them owning... And uh, even then, like, let's go again. Anything that Marvel came out with. Anything that has Marvel a part of it. Anything anything yeah like yeah their library is still deep so i mean yeah they can play on they're gonna play on my nostalgia and we could probably say how long they're gonna play on my nostalgia but alone think of all of the things that they can press on about like the mandalorian i mean you already got my heart with star wars but the mandalorian should tell you alone how they're gonna make me pay seven dollars a month or seventy dollars a year just alone for that but see like the mandalorian is a perfect is a perfect example right is like with the mandalorian before disney plus you know just it just didn't exist it was something that's created exclusively for disney plus and if you think about it the amount of Marvel characters that exist in the Marvel universe that don't exist in the uh, MCU. Give me a Black Panther kid. Give me a Moon Knight. Could Give all me a Moon have Knight. TV shows. Give me a Moon Knight. They could series. all yeah. have TV shows. Give me a you Blade know? TV yeah, show. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Give me a Black Panther TV show. I mean, yeah, exactly. I could go on all day. Like, like, I want a Hawkeye a Blade TV, TV show. show Forget existed. Arrow. Forget Arrow. A I want Blade Hawkeye. TV show existed. Hawkeye. But give me no. a good Blade TV show. A good yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know about Hawkeye, but yeah. Well, we can see, but if, but if it's Hawkeye, it wouldn't just be Hawkeye. It'd be Hawkeye and Black Widow. Exactly. Yeah, I still wouldn't watch it. 
<laughs> yeah, well, see, but you have to be into the whole like assassins. But I do understand and, like, where you're coming you know, from. Yeah, but that should let you like know that, about when it comes to ex- when it comes to. I mean, John F- uh, Favreau. I mean, you know, he's big. He's been deep, and he's been deep in the in the Star Wars and the Lucasfilms world, and so him creating the Mandalorian, him telling a story about a world that only only certain people from like parts of the nerdum of Star Wars would ever know. Like people didn't even know that Mandalorian was like just a was just like a huge race of people. Like they didn't even know. They just thought, oh, the Mandalorian, that's his name. Like I went to work after it released and did you watch The Mandalorian? Oh man, that dude is tight. Like duh duh and I'm like I mean the Mandalorian is like a race of people. They had their own planet. And like called Mandalore. Yeah, and they had their own planet, and, <laughs> and and think about it, they haven't, di- and he has a chance to dive deep for five seasons, like John Favreau said, I could go five seasons deep with with the Mandalorian. If he's saying he can go five seasons deep, I know for a fact that there's way more into this Star Wars world that they can get, just like Marvel, just like anything that anything that happens with Marvel anything like they this exclusives on the hand and i gotta give it to i gotta give it to disney you own most of the entertainment world you own half of the channels or most of the channels that are that are most popular all you got to do is say hey let's make a contract and let's put all of abc exclusive movies you know all those abc family movies all those abc family tv shows they have not even released Mm -hmm. abc on disney disney plus it's gonna be crazy when they drop their world. I mean, the mouse got us again. That's basically what it is. The mouse got us again, and it's gonna last. It's gonna work, and there's just more in the row. But yeah, I'm excited. I don't know about y'all, yeah. but I'm excited to see what Disney else, what else Disney's gonna do. Like I said, I was excited by Nat Geo, and when you mentioned the History Channel, I got even more excited because I'm real big on, on documentaries, and yeah. that was one of the shortcomings with Netflix. Is like for a very short period of time, I found like one Nat Geo documentary on Netflix for like uh, like cheetahs, mm-hmm. and I put it in my watch list. And by the time I wanted to go watch it, it was gone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and then think about it too, like other things that they do own, like all of the like Grey's Anatomy. Even though I'm not a Grey's Anatomy fan, but you know, like I, a lot of my people in my family and and uh, wife, she's loves. She loves the Grey's Anatomy, so they're gonna be able to drop that. I love the Indiana Jones. I mean, Kyle, you love the Pirates of the Caribbean, so yeah. I mean, it's on there. So I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, hell, would you ever watch a show of Pirates of the Caribbean? Would you guys watch that? Oh hell yeah! If it uh, if it was good, if it was like if it was even like half as good as the Mandalorian, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah, so I mean, you got you. I mean, they got me, man. I mean, they they just they just got me because yeah. they they own too many they own too many companies to, for me to. The mouse done got us. Yeah, like they do, they own too many companies that you know that has me. Mm-hmm. Like Time Warner <laughs> is the, yeah Time Warner is the only other company that actually 
owns other ones like Time Warner. They own, you know, obviously Warner Brothers. They own DC Comics and they own HBO, AOL. So, I mean, dude, it just it just comes down to what's gonna. It just comes down to what they want to drop and what they want to sink their money into. Because mm-hmm. there's too many things that they could play off of, and you know. So since we're talking about the you know all the exclusives and then we're talking about Mandalorian, I mean, so what do you guys think about it? You guys watched the first two uh, episodes. So, um, I've watched both episodes, okay. and I'm really excited for them to reveal more information about Yoda yeah. and his species of people and where they come and all that stuff. Hopefully, they dive into that. Because they never really touch on Yoda, nope, and uh, yeah, that's that's the most exciting part for me. Because I've always wondered where this dude comes from, yeah, and why he's so damn he's, strong. Especially when there's only been two their whole life. <laughs> like this, and well, out of all of actually, Disney, I've only seen I have only been... seen two. I've seen Yoda, actually, and then Yoda been Yoda multiple. Yoda. Yeah, there's been multiple different Yodas in the Star Wars universe. Or you know whatever species he is. Okay, and a, so a couple what, of them have been on the council too. Yeah, but that's I've only seen two on the council: Yoda and then the Yoda or whatever. And Yaddle, Yaddle. I've only Yattle. seen Yoda and yeah, which Yattle. is a female. Yeah. So yeah. and and Nemo. Yeah, there's ugly. there's actually I think there's like maybe five of them that have been in mentioned the, and have been mentioned in the whole actual... Star Wars universe. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're all like extremely been, powerful. Yeah, so supposedly Yoda's race of people all are um, gifted in the Force. And of all the Yoda type of people that have been shown, they're all Jedi. They're all light side Jedi. So they have some kind of strong affinity towards the light side and the Force. They're all strong as hell. And uh, I I was on YouTube and I went into like a big hole about it. They were saying that um, Yoda actually... Wherever he's from, the one thing he's never told anybody, including the Jedi Council and stuff, is where his planet is. Yeah, cause because he, he doesn't he said want. He didn't want to exclude. He, yeah. he didn't want to give that information out, right? Yeah, he didn't want to, you know, expose his peaceful planet to politics and all this type of stuff. But if you really think about it, if all of Yoda's people are like him, that planet would just be a monster I if they you, were yeah. not peaceful. I bet you that. Planet. Well, it'd be like it'd be like the force equivalent of like Mandalore, which is why Mandalore pretty much got mm-hmm. wiped out in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, exactly. So but, they would definitely be going there to try to wipe them out. And I bet you it probably is a planet that is probably just hidden. They probably just use. They probably put a force field where it just looks hidden the whole time, and they have strict rules. Like I don't even know what Yoda's planet of species would look like, but. It's probably somewhere there. It's it's probably somewhere yeah. hidden in plain sight, and it just you know, yeah. damn dude, it's crazy. See it. That's him. why I was excited about the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, it's it's finally showing something. And what's really crazy to me is uh, Yoda was supposedly like eight hundred, nine hundred years, years old when he died. Yeah, yeah, he died when he was nine hundred. Oh. Yeah. So he, if you if you recall, Yoda had said something about training Jedi for over I think it was like 800, 700, 800 years. Mm-hmm. 
And if if you take that into consideration, that means he was training Jedi since he was about 100, 150. Mm-hmm. So supposedly this baby is 50 years old already. And it's a baby. So, yeah, and well, it's, it's still a baby. It that looks that like a baby. Was... Yeah, if you look at Yoda, yeah, he looks true. like a small child that's just yeah, old. that's true. And, and he he's already walk. strong in the Force. And he's already walking. So yeah, if he's already, the, if the, if show he, that the baby's already walking. If he's already wait, walking, wait, wait, wait. We're doing spoilers. I just realized that. Oh, hey, hey I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. This is probably one of the biggest series to ever to ever reach out here. It's gonna be like those end game thing. If you don't want to watch it, you ain't. If you you ain't watched it, you don't want to watch it. I don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, they, and plus, I mean, that's true. Disney Plus gave you one week free. So you were able to watch two episodes before they charged you today. Literally, everybody got charged mm-hmm. today if you signed up on the 12th. And if you got Verizon, mm-hmm. you had it free for a year. I don't want no excuses. Uh, we can spoil the first two episodes. Because yeah, you yeah. had Disney Plus for free <laughs> for, for a week. So you good. <laughs> you good. So one of the um, other things that I really like about that show is it's uh it's given us a lot more, you know, view into different things like that um like that that fortress that those uh, I forgot their name. You know what the names of those little scavengers are? Jawas. Yeah. So they're little fortress. You've never seen the inside of it like that. And ah. it's 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 kind of cool to see you know more into this universe than what you've seen in the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so I follow John uh, uh, Favreau on Twitter and Reddit. And the things that he's just tried to play on, as much as he could anyways, is basically, you know, like there's been interviews of what he wants to be able to try to bring light to. He really wants to dive deep on this whole kind of like a bar setting. Like, you know what it looks like when you go into the bars of like on – on that whole plant, all the planets of Star Wars, the universe. So he wants to dive yeah. deep on that, and he wants to dive deep into the grittiness, the the darkness, and I, I kind of like it. I mean, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I really like it, and I think it's still funny as a whole. But what kind of what kind of weirds me out too is I'm just not. I guess I have, I mean, this might be the reason why he can go five seasons deep, because I don't feel connected to the characters yet. Except for Yoda, the baby Yoda, we'll call him Baby Yoda, because there's no name for him yet, but um, I just don't feel any connection through any character yet. So I guess there's still more time for character development to be brought. So, we'll see. But... I'm excited for both the episodes. I think it's been pretty good. I mean, Kyle, what is what have you thought about it? Um at like at first, right? Because just I'm just so just uh scarred by video game movies and adaptations of animes and everything else that uh I was skeptical going into it just because it far too often has um, something like that just been utterly destroyed by TV shows um, and renditions of yeah. of outside the actual mm-hmm. film series. Yeah, 
So um, I was a little bit skeptical, but when I watched the first episode, it literally felt like a Star Wars movie. Like, it didn't even feel like I was watching a TV show. Every single episode just feels like another movie. When it ended, I was like, why does it end so short? <laughs> the first episode, I was like, why did it end? Like, why is there no more? I watched it, like, a, right? four times. Just so I could keep it. <laughs> oh, literally, I watched the first episode four times, and I've watched the second episode, like, two times. And I watched it so many times because I wanted to know like, I just wanted to watch everything and look at different things throughout the episode. And I'm actually glad I did because I heard different dialogues that I didn't hear the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty good. We'll, we'll see what we'll see yeah. comes. Yeah, it's, it's extremely good. Probably my favorite TV show I've ever watched. And I'm not even going to say, like, in a long time. And probably the best done TV show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That's high praise right there. It. I think it's because it really does look like a movie the whole time. Like, it really I don't know. Does. It might be too early for me to say anything like that, but it it is pretty awesome. Well, yeah, that's coming from somebody who just doesn't watch TV shows because I'm just I'm not a fan of most TV oh, shows. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes. Sense. Oh, uh, anybody play Star Wars yet? All yeah. in order. Yep. I have. How you like it, Trav? Um, I like it. It's pretty good. I have not finished the game yet, um, because I've been dividing my attention between that and uh, obviously Disney Plus and other games. But so far, it has been really good for how far I'm in. I'm ninety percent completed with one planet, so I'm basically fifty percent done with the game. Maybe fifty-five. And it's pretty good. Um, I just unlocked the um, the force uh, pool, and then I finished that whole planet area. So it's not bad. I mean, I'm pretty far in it. Um, enough for me to say that I do like the game. Like, I genuinely think it's a really good game. It is unforgiving. And... It really has that Metroidvania vibe that they were trying to go for, because I feel like every time, you know, I'm going back and forth to the planets, I'm unlocking more, and then I go back to the planets to keep unlocking more sides of that planet, so that Metroid Metroidvania game style, I didn't think I would actually like, because I like Metroid, I like Castlevania, but I never played any other games that are really like this because I'm not an RPG player like that, but this game has captured me. And the the vibes. The vibes definitely like I have I have I have the news where I'm like, yo, um uh can you turn on the lights please? <laughs> when I'm in these dungeons <laughs> these dark dungeons because I'm so <laughs> diving to the story and I'm just like yelling at I'm yelling at my uh Alexa device. Saying, "Yo, can you turn on the lights, please?" Because <laughs> this is scary. So yeah, I mean the dungeons you know, are cool. This game gives me the vibe of maybe a mix between I don't know if you ever played Prince of Persia. Um, yeah. You get kind of that with Assassin's Creed, and then The Force Unleashed all in one. And I loved all those games. Um. It has a few downfalls for me. 
but nothing that would take away from the game as a whole. Uh, one of the main downfalls is no fast travel. So if you find yourself deep exploring some planet, the map is kind of weird. And uh, if you don't recognize where you are, you're going to be exploring for a long ass time trying to get back to your ship. That shit right there will easily take an uh, objective that should only take, you know, 20 minutes to a couple hours. You are right. That's the that. main downside for me. Um, a few other things that I noticed that kind of bother me the fact that you don't get your. Um, your lightsaber crystals. So maybe like a couple hours before the end of the game. So you're kind of stuck with the, the lightsabers, they, the, the colors that they give you. Even though you're able to customize your lightsaber and stuff, the colors, you don't really find those till the end of the game. And that kind of huh. sucked to me because I would rather have went through the whole game with the purple lightsaber instead of just the last few fights. And uh, yeah, besides those two, I don't really see anything. Well, one more thing. The game centers around um, a light side Jedi, and it it kind of makes you walk his path. There's no way for you to walk your own path on this game. You're you're literally on a destination with one ending. Yes. So there's no there's no opportunity for you to do anything dark in the game. Yeah. And. Mm -hmm. That that was a downside to me because I want to be able to you know I want to use force lightning. <laughs> they should have been able to throw that in there or something like come on man. Well, yeah. so I mean, dark and light side Jedi's are like the best part of Star Wars. But when they de when they developed this game, they knew it was going to be a linear. They knew it was going to be a linear style game. So they already yeah. planned it out where they knew it was going to be. This is the story mode. This is how it's going to go. This is what you have to do. So they're going to be linear. The only thing that they didn't say that it was going to be the openness about it was that you can go and explore any planet at any time. Doesn't mean that you'll be able to get far, but you'll be able to explore as much as you can. You yeah, may they get, did a good job with that. Yeah. You may get your ass whooped, but you'll still be able to explore. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I think the design of the levels is crazy. Yeah, you because they they really force you to do things and stop you from doing other things, no matter how quickly you go to a different planet. Yeah, like I spent and, earlier, I spent a lot of time wow. on one level, and that was because mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out three of the other puzzles, and I wanted to because I'm like the person that likes to hundred percent whenever I do actually play an RPG, so. I was trying to figure out how can I get, I had to basically, basically I had to try to get one of those echoes behind a gate. Mm -hmm. So I opened up the gate because I had my force pull and I was like, how do I get it over there if every time I get it through here, it's not going to work. So I was like, oh, I could probably throw it through that hole. So <laughs> I figured out how to force pull and throw it over through this hole to the other side of the game. And then I was able to finally figure it out and I was able to get to my destination the way I needed to. But for like 45 minutes, I'm over there jumping on top of the thing. I'm over here riding on top of the wall. I'm over here just hopping and skipping on any ledge that'll let me hop. 
just for me to fall down again. And I like that to a sense. Yeah. I do like that to a sense. So it was okay. It was fun for me. But the way they design these levels are, you just got to think. You just got to really plan out what you're about to do, how to pass these levels. Like, it's crazy how, how they really have you plan out because when I just was trying to unlock the force pool, it was like so weird trying to get out of that planet to finish the level. It was so weird. Um, but I was happy about it because it was just like I, f- I was able to figure out without having to look anything up. And I was just like, okay, well, I need this to do this. I have to do this to do that. So let me do this. And then I was able to figure it out, which is, is cool to me. You kind of get that. Like I said, it's just like if you ever played Metroid Prime or anything, that's exactly how it feels, where you're going back and forth between two planets, one side. But I'm okay with the fast travel now not having it because um, since I I know, depending on what planet I'm at, I know how to get back there faster. Like that planet that I just finished, uh, Zepho, for um, <clears throat> the fast travel, there's actually a way. All you have to do is get to this one elevator thing, and this one elevator will take you straight directly to your ship. So you literally pass yeah, by. Yeah, finding that elevator was terrible. Yeah, but once you get, but once you get there, like it's actually not that bad. Like I was all deep in the knees of that level and then it took me 10 minutes to get to that elevator and then I got back. So mm-hmm. you just got to I think it's just once you figure out the levels though, you it, it'll become it's, easy. it's a memory thing. Yeah, it's a memory. Once you thing. start you know remembering the level, then it's easier to get back. Yeah. But yeah. I I really hate the way the map is. You don't really it's there but it doesn't help as much because a lot of the pathways on the map are kind of like non-existent. And I just don't like the way they did the map. So that that made the game a lot longer than it should have been, which is also a good thing because the game is actually very short. I don't know if you know this, but that game is really short. I I got the game Thursday night. I played it for maybe 30 minutes. I didn't play the game again till Sunday. And I beat it on Monday. So okay. altogether, I would say the game is super short. But how much time but, did you put in on Sunday? Um, Sunday I probably played four hours. Okay. I w- I would say altogether, I maybe maybe twelve to fifteen hours I put into the game. It wow. seems it seems really short because the way the the uh, missions are. Maybe it's not that short to some people, but like if you're if you're focused on a mission, um, the mission is not long. The long part is you trying to figure out how to do certain things to finish the mission. Okay. The mission, okay. if you yeah, if you know what you if you know what to do for that mission, like you go into the the one of the dungeons and it's a puzzle. If you knew how to do that puzzle, you'd be out of that dungeon in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But. It's it's That's, a lot of confusing crap. Yeah, so it just kind of sounds like a Metroidvania, but like it, it's almost like it's short in the same way that Outer Worlds is short, right? Where if you literally just did the storyline, Outer Worlds is like a ten-hour game. Yeah, that's exactly what this game. 
and when you hundred when you hundred percent Outer Worlds, so it's like a forty-two hour game. Yeah. Put that into perspective. Uh, when yeah. Pokemon came 100%. out when I'm already like sixty, seventy hours into the game. <laughs> Still Jesus. playing it. Still haven't done <laughs> done, done everything yet. But yeah, it's it's a good game. It um it's a, it's really Assassin Creed type with uh with Star Wars elements to it to me. And uh, Assassin's Creed is kind of like the same, except I would say Assassin's Creed games are a lot longer. Nowadays. Nowadays they're yeah. a lot longer. Before yeah. they were not. Yeah. Comparing this to Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed... I played Assassin's Creed for weeks and still didn't finish that damn game. Talking this about game, Odyssey, right? Not so much. Or Origins. Uh, well, both. Origins. Both. Uh, even the um, yeah. the pirate Black Flag one. That one took mm -hmm. a while to complete, too. Black Flag is when they started trying to like turn the tables from like all their older games, which were very just linear. You know, go here, kill that guy. Go here, kill that guy. Go here, kill that guy. And the only thing that made it long yeah. was side content, if you felt like doing it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, all around, uh, Fallen Order is a phenomenal game. I love it. Um, I don't know how much I'm gonna love it now that it's finished. Uh, I, I'm gonna go back and try to hundred percent the game, which I never do. But I'm going to try, and uh, yeah, it's on the Pokemon for me now. I mean, I don't see it being that hard for you to have to 100% it, because I what I did is, what I, what, I, what I actually started to do was when I go to a planet, now that I had all the abilities, I would see what was red, or I would see all that's blue, and I would just explore everywhere around there. So when I finished the mission, instead of just diving straight back to the, to the, um, the, to the ship to go to the next planet I would actually just explore and I unlocked you know mostly everything like when I went back on to Zepho I only had it 60% or no it was 58% and now it's at 91% so I can 100% it I just gotta find the rest of the chests it's literally those are the only thing I'm missing is 5 chests so now I just I'm gonna do that for every planet and I think it'll that's what'll make it easier too. Yeah. When I'm also when I'm um also in the game you end up learning to double jump. Yep. So it makes a lot jump. of the levels way easier yeah. to navigate because you don't have to do all the, you know, special ways to get to this side of the map and stuff like that. You way just easier. double jump over everything. Way and you're easier. just everywhere. Double jump was like oh cinch. <laughs> the last fight in this game it is so cinematic and amazing that it's just it's it's crazy. I can't wait for you to reach it. Uh only bad thing about it is you'll never be able to do it again. So when you do see it, make sure you enjoy it. Because <laughs> they literally tell you after it's done, uh you're never going back here again. So I uh, have fun with the game. Okay. But uh yeah, cool. when you get there, make sure you enjoy it because it's it's a lot of stuff that happens and you're just like, Oh shit. Well, you can still go back to the other planets, though, right? No, you can still go back to the other planets. You just can't go back to the planet that you finished the game on. Okay, I'm okay with that. Oh, there's there's five planets. There's six planets in all, but after you finish the last planet, uh, the last fight and all that stuff, you can't ever go back there for obvious reasons, but it's, it's really nice. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll make sure to keep that in, in mind. 
But yeah, I'm, yep. I'm happy better, with it. You better turn the lights off, make sure no one's bothering you, and just enjoy that shit because it's it's very nice. <laughs> nice. Right on. Well, so um, the other game that I've been playing on has been been Pokemon. I've been spending my time with that. Uh, Kyle, so since you've put in so much time with uh, Pokemon, touch on that, man. How's it been? How far are right you now? Doing? Yeah, I'm oddly upset because a G Max Butterfree just got away from me. But um, other than that, the game has been amazing. Mm. Um, yeah. So in my opinion, which is you know, as you can imagine, personal. Uh, in my opinion, is the best call uh, uh, Pokemon ever, so far. You know, I've played. Really? All of them, yeah, minus X and Y. I didn't play X and Y, but other than that, I've played all of them. And just the open world aspects, it feels less like Pokemon and more like a JRPG almost. You know, uh, oh. they they focused a lot more on like character development in this particular game. It feels like where the world is almost like less perfect. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've played Sun and Moon, but um, in those games, your rival, right, or not even less perfect, but it's like the in the older games, the game just like didn't acknowledge the fact that you were doing things, right? Mm -hmm. Is like is like your character existed and they would acknowledge your character and that they existed in the world, but other than that, your character wasn't doing shit. Like you could beat the Elite Four and you'd get a congratulations, you won, and then you know everyone just like yeah, you didn't do shit. Who cares? Yeah. Where in this one, <laughs> like, uh, and like Sun and Moon was the same thing. You'd beat your rival, and every single time you'd beat your rival, he'd run away being like, I'm the greatest trainer. It's like, you never even landed a hit on my Pokemon. What do you mean? It's like, get good. <laughs> get good, scrub. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but in this game, like, there's a lot more character development involved where the characters actually seem more human and less just like, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm still the best. I'm still the best. Okay. You know, it's 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 really cool, and um, I really like that. With how big the wild zone is in this game, because uh, if you haven't played Pokemon yet, what they did differently is instead of instead of it being like the entire game is like this route and that route and you know route one through ninety six or whatever. Right. Instead of it, instead of the game being that, and like for example, Route 56 is the snow zone, and it's always snowing there, no matter what. 100% of the time, snow weather does not apply here. It that that's not it's not this game at all. In this game, the wild zone has like a whole bunch of different like uh, cut off zones, and in each one of those individual zones, there could be different weather going on, and the weather constantly cycles daily, and the weather actually. Um, directly affects what Pokemon are in the area, right? Like, you could be in an area that all the time it has, um, it has, um, Bunnelbees, which is the new normal type that's just a bunny. And, um, then it starts snowing, and all of a sudden, all those Bunnelbees are gone, and they're replaced with a whole bunch of ice Pokemon. You know, or oh. it's, like, really foggy, and then all of a sudden, you know, a whole bunch of psychic Pokemon are popping. Pokemon are popping up. 
you know, and you could be in the exact same area. Like every every like single area in the wild zone has like forty different Pokemon you could catch in the single like little box zone. But another great thing about the wild zone is that they've gotten rid of the necessity for trade evolutions. Um, like not even almost entirely, literally entirely, because um, for example, um, there is a rock Pokemon called um. I think it's I think it's literally Bulldor, right? And I think he's like the second evolution. I don't remember what his pre-evolution is, but in order to evolve him, you had to trade him to a friend, and once you traded him, he would turn into a Gigalith, and your friend would have to trade him back. In this game, I literally caught a Gigalith that was just walking around. You know, you can just catch a Gengar walking around. Which you know, like a lot of the I'm, trade evolutions like aren't that bad. I can't wait to get there. There is. Yeah, there is one Pokemon called Milkree that literally has, um, I think, like 40 different evolutions. And that that Pokemon is has the most convoluted evolution, like, just, like, way to evolve it ever. Like, because basically it's, it's basically like uh, heavy whipping cream before you actually turn it into whipped cream. That's basically what Milkree is. So then what you do is you, like, <laughs> say, here, hold this strawberry. And then you go and you inspect the thing. And uh, for for five days every evening, you have to spin it counterclockwise or clockwise, and it does matter. You either so th you you do this right. You either spin it five times quickly, right? Oh no no no, mm -hmm. not for five days. You either spin it five times quickly and it evolves into one thing, right? Or you spin it, stop, 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 and it turns into something else. And that's just clockwise. Counterclockwise is a whole other thing. And then, um, you know, and that, and, but see, then like day and nighttime also affects it as well. So there's two different evolutions for clockwise during the day with a strawberry, and there's two different evolutions for anti or counterclockwise during the day with a strawberry. And then there's another four evolutions for nighttime with the strawberry for clockwise and counterclockwise. And it's just the strawberry. There's also blueberries and like, uh, like sugar, flour, and all kinds. Like, it's retarded. Well, it's the it's the one wow. Pokemon where the evolutions are just bad. It well, like it's it's a joke. <laughs> have you have you speaking of all like the fruits and stuff? Have you done all like the curry cooking and stuff? I think I've done the Poke Camp like twice. Oh man, I have so just much because fun like I was grinding for levels really hard and uh -huh. like uh here's the, here's a cool little tip for if you're trying to get levels super early on, right? Cuz this is before I even went to the first gym. I had level 30 Pokémon before I even went to the first gym. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, so when you get to uh the when you get to the wild zone cuz you get to the wild zone before you get to your first gym. Um, the whole thing is you have to travel across the wild zone, or at least half of it, to get to the first, like, big metropolitan city. And then from that city, you go gym, gym, and then the big gym that's in the city. And then you move on to another metropolitan city and do the same thing. And then you move on to another metropolitan city, and that's where, you know, the last gym is. Um, but in the first one, in the wild zone, there's a zone right outside the city's gates, and there's a zone directly to the right of it. And if you go to the right... Um, Big everything Pokemon. is like, Large everything's Pokemon. like level 26, 27, 29, right? And at, at first you're like level 15, but 
when you go over there, you just have to learn what typing the Pokemon are. You're like, okay, yeah, that Pokemon is this typing. So then you get one Pokemon that is super effective against that. And you just go over there, and you manage to kill one, and you run back to the city. You heal up, you go over there, you kill one, and literally every single time you kill one, you'll get like 1100 XP. Dang, at yeah. like level 10. So that's exactly what I started to do. Then I got bored of it because all my Pokemon, I actually got, I'm always that guy. My Pokemon were level, like, I think it was like level 16 or 17 when I went to the first gym. So I scraped all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, my my um, my uh, electrical Pokemon, my Pikachu was easily, it was like 22 when I went in there. So when we went to the water gym. So it just, like, scraped them. Like, scraped yeah. them all. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, I think my I think <laughs> I think uh yeah yeah because I remember I got my Pokemon to um level thirty five before I went to the first gym because I remember I had my Inteleon when I went to the first gym. <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, this one being this one being the first Pokemon I've played since like uh I think it the last one I played was Gold and Silver. Because I just never went out to go get any of like the mobile, um, like I didn't get like the 3DS or 2DS or anything like that. Like, so I never bought any of the other Pokemon's. The last other Pokemon I played was actually an emulator, and that was um, that was the uh, the black and white. That was the last okay. emulator I played, and that one I liked. Uh, granted, it was an emulator. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, this one's really good. It it feels it feels still feels familiar, and yet the way they do it, it kind of just makes it easier to play. Like, you know, what I mean, it makes it easier to play, and the gyms are fun. Like, it's genuine fun with the gym missions. So yeah, I'm I'm happy about like, it. Like, there's not a single gym that's like the stereotypical ghost gym, right? Where it's just like in Mario, where as soon as you come across the ghost mansion, it's the most frustrating part of the game. It always <laughs> is. You know? It always Where it's is. like, oh, ghost gym, great. Okay, I'm going to go through this door. Why am I back at the beginning? That's the exact same door oh, I went yeah. through to advance before. Like, that gym where you're there for like three hours because literally the doors you're supposed to go through are randomly generated and it's completely based on luck. They completely took that out. And things like that. They completely took things like that out. And literally all of the gyms, before you actually fight the uh, gym leader, they all have, like, almost Mario Party-esque mini-games before you fight the gym leader. Which is... Oh, really? And they're all fun. really fun. All really yeah. fun. And you still get yeah, to have I haven't have even made it into the first gym yet, so... Yeah. You'll get there. It's I actually really fast. Like, you can get to the first gym within... 20 minutes of playing the game. Like, if, you, yeah. if you're oh, dedicated. Really? Yeah, like, if you're dedicated, like, mm-hmm. if you just, like, are straight shotting into the gym, and you just want to train to, like, level 15 or level 15, you'll straight shot it, you'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't do what I did, right. yeah, if you don't do what I did and just, like, grind to your level 35. Yeah. And see, like, this is this is what sucks, right? Is I grinded till I was level 35, and then once I hit level 35, I realized there was a better way for me to grind. I didn't leave my mom yet, and I a didn't leave my, way to get XP. The, 
you know how you have your mom's house or whatever? Like, I didn't leave the mom's, like, I didn't leave that first neighborhood. I didn't leave that first grass area after getting, picking my Pokemon. I didn't leave that area for a while. And then I found out about the wild area. And I was like, oh, I'm staying here until I have to go to the first gym. Don't tell me mm-hmm. I get to fight level 10s and level 12s all day. Oh, yeah. Got you. Yeah, because, like, what happened with me is I went to the wild zone, and then um, I was looking for I was looking for a Grubbin the whole time. I was like, where is a Grubbin? Because Vicavolt is nasty, right? And I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to look online. Look online. I was like, oh, okay, it's on Route 1. And I did the same thing you did, though, and I was on Route 1 for, like, 20 minutes, making sure I caught everything. Grubbin never showed up. I backtracked to Route 1. It's the first thing that pops out of the grass. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so I, I've caught every Pokemon that's on Route 1. I caught every Pokemon that's on Route 2. So, yeah, I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm like, just making sure I catch everything. But, yeah, that's a lot, man. I mean, it's honestly just a, a well-good game so far. But my only concern is that they, with a system like the Switch, they didn't go all out. I feel like they didn't do more that they could have. I think that there's, well, there's supposed to be, the, like this year, we like I thought, I could see what Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu, I could see why they didn't dive in deep and do something crazy different with that. Like I could see that because those are renditions of games that we've already had. Great. But I thought with this one, it was supposed to be like, this is the game. This is going to be something totally different, something totally new. And the only thing we got was like, I don't know if it was the camping area in the last generation of games. Like, was it in the last generation? Yeah. Okay. Something so, very similar. Yeah. Not, so, not the whole cooking thing, but something very similar. Like the whole cooking thing, that's directly from, um, uh, from the, from the, uh, what's that? What's that small little Pokemon game that came out before Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu? It was the first one that ever dropped on Switch. It's a mobile game as well. Oh, the um, the um, the Pokemon. I forgot. It was the free one. I remember the name of it, but yeah, yeah. the the uh, yeah. straight up puzzle. Yeah, like that one. I loved doing that one. I loved playing that one. Oh, what is the name? Yeah, that's where the cooking came from. But Quest. um, the whole Pokemon like Quest. hanging out. Oh yeah, Pokemon Quest. Okay, yeah. So, cooking came from Pokemon Quest, but the whole, like, playing with your Pokemon thing and uh, building your friendship and all that stuff to make them level up, um, that I saw in Sun and Moon. Like I said, I didn't play X and Y, which came right before Sun and Moon, so I don't know if it was introduced in X and Y, but what I know is that it wasn't in the game right before X and Y. Oh, okay. So, as far as I know, it came from Sun and Moon. I could be incorrect about that. But that's where that whole thing comes from. But, see, I think what they did with this game is exactly what we were talking about a couple weeks ago with the whole proof of concept thing, you know? They're not going to completely change everything everyone has ever known about Pokemon, the very first game, the very first major Pokemon release on Switch. Yeah. You know? They want to get their toes wet. Yeah. Yeah. They want to get their toes wet a little bit, which is why they added max raids. And the whole co-op thing and everything like that where you guys can, where you and three other friends can go and battle a gigantic Pokemon with the hopes of all of you catching it. Yeah, I cannot wait until we, like, all get in there and do that. Like, honestly, that's probably what we should do. We need to go catch some max Pokemon. <laughs> but Oh, yeah, no, like, literally, if you guys wanted to just grind max raids all day, 
uh, that's pretty much what I do anyway. It's the yeah. fastest way to get XP. Literally the fastest way to get XP mm-hmm. in the in the game because like they give you these little XP candies, which um, you know they're not rare candies, so they don't instantly level up your Pokemon. But um, as you get more gym badges, you'll get like a hundred experience. No, exactly. But like literally, um, I'm now getting extra large um, drops because I've now beaten the game, or I've beaten basically the game's equivalent of the Elite Four. Um, so now I'm getting uh, like extra large drops because the majority of my dens are like five stars or four stars. The extra large drops give you um, twenty five thousand XP from one candy, and you'll get like two or three from every single one. And then the large candies give you ten thousand, you'll get like seven. God damn. Like, literally, I have a level 91 Haxorus. And I remember before, getting a level 91 Pokemon was excruciating because the strongest thing you could fight was, like, a level 55 on Victory Road. So, like, it just got terrible. Where, like, in this game, you can just uh, do max raids and just get uh, mad XP. Well, that's good to hear, man, that uh, I can know how to grind. We just got to get on that grinding shit. So let's oh, see. yeah. This week, I'm uh, I'll, I'll, hopefully I could be able to get like to the, all the gems this week, see what happens. I still want to make sure I can finish uh, Star Wars, so separating my time between those two. But, yeah. Well, um, yeah. I think we can probably just end the episode right there. I mean, we've talked about a lot. Got a lot in this week. There was a lot of games to be played, a lot of be games to be talked about. Um, yeah, I think we can end the episode right there. All right, all right. Thank I'll... you guys. We will uh, see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Almost Intelligent Gamers. Please remember to follow us on Twitter at AlmostIGamers. Again, that's AlmostIGamers. Please share our podcast from wherever available you're listening to, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, whatever platform podcasts are available. Uh, Once again, I'm Travis. I'm Kyle. And I'm New. We hope you tune into the next one.